we don't have mosquitoes yet so far this we year. Have, it literally rained every day in May. And so it's been so wet that mm -hmm. uh, the mosquitoes, I mean, they're always bad, but yeah, they're really bad right now. That sucks. You know, ours don't start quite yet. Well, you have one benefit to living in Canada, but they yeah. will start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the temperature there right now? Today? Yeah. I was going to tell you in Celsius. Yeah, I don't know Fahrenheit. It's about 15, I'd say, Celsius. Oh, that's not great. Yeah, it's not bad. It's but it's also kind of muggy because it's supposed to start getting really hot this week. Okay, um, so that is fifty nine Fahrenheit. Let, 59. Yesterday, so yesterday it felt like one hundred eight, which is forty two point two Celsius. Ugh, I can't even yeah. imagine honestly what that would be like. I don't think yeah, I've ever been in forty two point two ever. Yeah, I. I'm and if I did, I'd probably think live. I was dying. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, it's so hard because, you know, you don't want the kids inside, but when it's 108 outside and oh, it's goodness. muddy, you know, yeah. they don't want to go outside. I don't want to go outside. You know, it's funny. We went to California February, I don't know, I, I guess 2017, February 2017, mm -hmm. a few years ago. California in February and we were so hot like we were walking around in shorts and tank tops <laughs> and you could tell the people that were actually from there were like dressed in jeans and black hoodies and like toques which you guys don't call toques but you know what's a toque it's like a <laughs> we've had this conversation before on the podcast people are gonna be like you people are crazy but it's like <laughs> it's like a knit hat okay yeah it's like a sock right, cap Sock cap, yes, makes me laugh. How do you every time spell I... it? Toque. T o q u e. That is a that is a that's a name. That is a name. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Was... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I it was just Google funny it. because you could tell who the Canadians were and you could tell who the native Californians were. <laughs> They're like, who the heck is this woman in shorts right now? Yeah. And we're just dying. <laughs> we're so hot. <laughs> and then we came back and it was like, we couldn't even get in our driveway because the snow was drifted all over it. So it's just oh kind of funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I don't envy that. We had one, I'm not kidding. We had in here in Texas, you know, I'm right outside of Dallas. We had one snowstorm and I'm not joking. Everything shut down. Like oh my gosh. Everything shut down. It was like, or like, oh, everyone's heat went out. Our electric went out. Like, we oh, yeah, I saw that. that. Yeah. Yeah. We it actually, didn't... our our pipes froze, so we couldn't shower. And on day three, I was like, you know, I really, we got to figure something out because now I'm really starting to smell. So we actually went to our <laughs> local gym and showered there. Best part was, I was like, okay, I'm going to pack all my stuff. I packed all my stuff. We braved it. It's like four minutes from our house. It wasn't too far. And they don't offer towels. Oh. oh and so oh my gosh. <laughs> I got out of the shower and was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Just shake yourself off really hard. <laughs> I literally dried myself with my sweaty workout clothes. I was like, oh, well, my land. Pointless. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. funny. Welcome to the Boom Clap Podcast. Today, we are talking to a few guests. We actually interviewed four different guests, and we decided to break these up into a couple episodes because they were so good and went a little longer than we anticipated. So um, two episodes coming your way, one this week, one next week. And we're really excited about this because I just 
so much has happened in this last year. And like we talked about a few episodes back, there's been opportunity here, opportunity for growth. And a few of those areas would be health, um, growing in the way you interact with other people who view things differently than you, um, growing in the way you view the systems that were that are set up for us, uh, the government, the media, all of those things, and how they either serve us or don't serve us, and how we look at those things. So we're just talking to regular people just like us today, you know, that have maybe had a change, and we hope that these conversations will either cause some thought for you or inspire you to maybe make moves in your life in areas that maybe you need growth. Uh, I think some of these people already were kind of like looking in these areas and this year just kind of spurred them. Don't you think, Cecily? Yeah, that's definitely the impression I got. It was just really cool to hear their stories unravel. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to share them. Me too. So um, when we were talking to – so this week is going to be – our friend Rachel, and then another friend of ours, Heather. Um, in Heather's conversation, she had brought up the word abuse in relationship to what she felt was going on in the schools with her children. And we had just talked about last episode about careless words. And so you might think that is a very strong word she uses in relationship to public school and her children. But if you really look, she lives in California. And so if you really look at what's happening there with some of the education, mm-hmm. I I really encourage you to look at that. Um, the curriculum being put out specifically with sex education is very, I don't even know the word I want to use, but. Um, it's almost uh, pornographic. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't That's even say I almost. I, I feel like it. it is. It is. I agree. Yeah. It was completely shocking to me. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost setting your kids up to be in abuse situations, you know, like it's grooming them yeah. almost. It's it was really, it's really disgusting. So yeah. anyways, deeply that said, to read. If if you feel like she's being a little bit, you know, I don't the word dramatic comes to mind on the word abuse. I would just very much encourage you to look at what's going on there. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right. So our first friend that we're going to introduce is Rachel. Rita and I have both known Rachel probably for a couple years now, um, just through Instagram. She is just an awesome person, a whole lot of fun, as you'll hear in our interview. And with Rachel, we're just talking about how things have changed in her own mind as far as how she reacts to people's opinions and how she has kind of reconciled it in her mind. Does that sound right, Rita? Yeah. She she's very much like been on a growth pattern and this year really spurred her to um come full circle with it, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. And like she's always been such a joy to follow and to um just kind of be around. But this interview, you guys will see why we appreciate her so much and just the self-awareness that she brings is really cool. So let's get into it. All right. So Rachel, when I was on your podcast a few months back, you had mentioned kind of that throughout the events of 2020, um, you kind of had periods where you would maybe not get angry, but get offended at hearing 
something, you know, that somebody was saying that you didn't necessarily agree with, like, how could they think that? Or how could they say that? Or how could they be insensitive? And Mm -hmm. that um, instead of feeling that way, you started like looking within yourself a little bit more and being a little more introspective and wondering, like, maybe could there be some truth to what they're saying? Or um, maybe there's something in me that's like making me feel this way about it. And so just kind of take us through that thought process a little bit, maybe to start. Yeah. So first off, I'd like to start by saying I'm very emotional and I'm very like, wear my heart on my sleeve kind of girl. So I've always taken things personal. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I've just always been that way. And what I realized, it was like this big aha moment. Like, I'm like, why are people so upset with people who don't want to wear a mask? And it would frustrate the hell out of me. And then I realized that not to change my opinion, but me being upset with them not understanding me is the same thing. They're not understanding me and they're mad. And now I'm not understanding them and I'm mad. And I'm <laughs> literally doing the same thing they are. Right. You know? And so it was like, oh, wow. Okay. Um damn, this is on me, you know? Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really big aha moment for me and just, um, you know, not, uh, making it about me and just understand, just really trying to understand that part of the problem or the big problem we have, isn't it, is we all have different opinions. And for some reason we all think we should be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And that, that is just, so wildly untrue like we'll never all be on the same page but can we not be on the page and still be kind yeah you know yeah I just think Rachel that's such a healthy way of thinking and just realizing that the very thing that we look at in others and think like oh how could they be like that you know we we do the same thing And this is something that Rita and I often talk about is that people are going to be convicted about different things and we should be convicted about different things. And the true challenge is in allowing that to be the case, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I used to do, um, this is me being really honest, is being really emotional. I didn't like confrontation. So when I was younger, people would do things and instead of telling them to their face, it would just like, it was an internal thing. I'd be frustrated. Um, but one thing you got, you both know me personally, and you know, I love going to therapy. And one thing Mm -hmm. my therapist always tells me is we need more people who are direct and kind. Like you don't have to be Mm -hmm. an a-hole when you're telling, speaking (laughs) your truth, you can still be kind about it. You know, like you can Mm -hmm. be direct and honest, but also go in uh, with a kind heart. And I think that's something you both do really well is you're, you're honest, you're direct, but you do it kindly. Like you're, you're not trying to put other people down. And that's something that I, you know, really try to do these days is, is, you know, be honest and be direct about how I feel and not shy away from the things that are important to me because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, but do it in a way that, um, is also thoughtful. You know, I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. their feelings as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel like it's become really popular, almost like clickbait to be one or the other, to be, kind of a jerk about things and be honest or to just be super emotive and that's the only thing so those two things seem to be really popular and we really seem to struggle with um doing both at the same time and for some reason that is not as popular with people as people just taking a hard line in one direction or the other yeah that's such a good yeah I don't 
It really is. It's it's like you. It's like one or the other. Again, going back to one or the other. Like you know, unfortunately, there's just not black and white. Life is full of so much gray. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So do you think that? No. Do you think that events of this year or just things that you're going through in your life kind of made you more um, more aware of this in yourself? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I guess, co- can I say that? I can say COVID, yeah. right? On here? Yeah, on a podcast, oh, yeah. you can <laughs> say it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, with COVID, it was like, um, I have, you know, I have, you know, I have my own opinions, right? And I have some friends who I thought would have similar opinions to me but then they have the complete opposite, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, and then having some friends that I thought would be, you know, one way, but they're really more like me, you know, it's really fascinating to see. Um, Like I, here's an example. I have some friends who are like kind of hippie, you know, they are into, um, by hippie, I mean like go with the flow. Um, They're also like into like yoga and natural foods and, they are like, I need to get the shot immediately. Mm. And mm-hmm. for me, I thought that they would be against the shot because it's not natural, right? It's chemical, it's man-made. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that confused me because I'm like, wait, you eat organic food and all healthy food, but then you're going to put in your body something that's not natural. And that really threw me through a loop. And then I have people who, you know, ate whatever they wanted and didn't really health was not really a thing to them, but they're like, I'm not putting that in my body. I don't know what that is. And I'm like, wait, I'm so confused. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, yeah. And it was, you know, it's like, um, it, it just really showed me how different everybody is and neither one is right. Neither one is wrong. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with, you know, any of them. It was Mm -hmm. just my, um, I guess my perspective was really thrown off. And so, it really made me be like, huh, like I thought this would be different and it's not. And yeah, I think a lot of the events from COVID just kind of, it threw me through a loop and then really realizing that some of the things, like you said, that people were doing that, you know, go against my values, um, it was triggering for me, Um, Mm. you know, and I think we all get triggered by things, um, but it's our duty, our job to um, not take it out on the other person, but to go Mm. inside and be like, okay, why is this triggering me? What's upsetting to me about this? Because it's not them. Mm -hmm. People can say whatever they want and do whatever they want, but why is it triggering me? Mm -hmm. What about, Mm -hmm. you know, me? Is this, is this bringing up uncomfortable feelings? Um, Yeah, this, this, I, I'm very grateful for this past year to um, be able to reflect back and see, you know, uh, what's the word I want to say? You know, like when you say you're going to do something but then you do the opposite. What is that word? I feel like I was um, like hypocritical. Yes. It's hypocritical of me to, you know, be like, well, you know, I don't want to wear a mask and, you know, people shouldn't force me to wear a mask and how dare they do that. But then, you know, the, how dare they, (laughs) well, how dare I think that they should not wear a mask? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't get to decide what's best for Joe next door, Mm -hmm. what makes them feel comfortable and what they believe in. Um, so I am grateful because that that was a gift to me to be able to um, have empathy for people um, who are not like me and allow ourselves to have differences. You know, I think 
Everyone's just so, you know, so much, not just COVID. And I know you got ladies, we, you know, I know you know this, but just so many other things, you know, that have gone on this year that just so much divide and it's like, mm. oh, I'm over it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that there is a lot of opportunities in this year and you're just describing the opportunity for your growth this year. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Cecily, we just didn't we just do a podcast on that, or was that one coming up? I can't remember. <laughs> but, honestly, I'm so confused about what yeah. we've done and what we haven't no, done, and when was what. That, I think we but just we had one a couple a episodes stuff. back. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like there's opportunities in this time, and it is so smart to recognize those opportunities, you know, for our growth. It can mm-hmm. be in many areas, and that's generally what this episode is about, is just a few people, a handful of people that have taken, you know, something that they were struggling with in their life or something that maybe they knew they needed a change in and use this year and the events of this year to make that change. And so mm-hmm. yours is different, you know, than the last person we talked to, but it's just um, so interesting that there are opportunities if we're willing to look for them. And like you said, with, you know, it's not your job to choose for other people and it's not other people's job to choose for you. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that is one thing that I think is so lacking. I have very strong opinions. I absolutely do. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But my strong opinions most, yeah, mostly end with me. Like I don't, try to get people to do what I'm doing. I just want to maintain the right right. to do what I want to do for myself. And I think that that Mm -hmm. is a big problem. And to maintain the right for others to do. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's a big, that's a big problem on both sides of the coin is that Mm -hmm. people forget that if you want the right to choose for you, other people need the right to choose for themselves as well. Absolutely. Hashtag that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Is there anything else you want to add? Um, I don't think so. Unless there's anything you guys think I need to say. No, I no. think that was really good. Rachel, you just have such a way of saying things that I so appreciate. And every time I talk to you, I'm just like, man, I love her. I just love oh, her. She's just thanks. so... <laughs> So self-aware and also kind and I don't know. You're just a great person. Oh, yeah. thanks. I was hoping I could see you. I was like, I haven't seen her in so long. <laughs> I, I almost turned on my webcam, but then I didn't because Rita doesn't have one and I feel like she'd be left out and also I'm just not wearing not wearing any makeup. So I'm like, we'll just leave that off. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you guys for thinking of me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on Instagram? Sure. Uh, you can find me at Rachel Ugalde. I'll spell it because it's just my name spelled so weird. Um, it's <laughs> R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-U-G-A-L-D-E. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. always thought it was like Rochelle Ugalde. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Everybody, my One of my friends thought my last name was Uglade. I'm like, okay. Like, that is <laughs> terrifying. Like, don't. But yeah, it's always been uh, Rochelle. I remember when I was giving birth to my eldest. And the one of the nurses was holding my leg, and she was like, "Come on, Rochelle, you've got this." Oh, and, and I remember being like, "You are looking at my vagina, and you don't know my name." 
<laughs> I cannot. Yeah. Yeah. Now That's I just go funny. with it. Oh, man. That's yeah. too good. Amazing. Okay. Okay, and from there, you guys can find Rachel has a podcast as well. So check her out. She's wonderful. Um, Thanks so much, Rachel. We really appreciate you talking with us. Yep, thank you. You guys are so welcome. Thanks, Rita. Thanks, Cecily. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rachel. Um, I think you'll probably love her as much as we do. And if you want to find her outside of this podcast, you can find her podcast um, it's called Real Talk with Rachel, and you can also find her on Instagram at Rachel Ugaldi, and her name is spelled R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-U-G-A-L-D-E. All right, our next guest is Heather Brown. She is a mom, specifically a California mom, and if you've been paying attention to anything happening this year, California has been one of the more interesting states to follow, to say the least. Uh, She has a seventh grader and a first grader this last year. So one going into eighth and one going into second. And she chose to pull them mid-semester October um, last year and start homeschooling and just go right into that journey. So it was really interesting to talk to her about her journey into homeschooling. And we hope you guys enjoy hearing her thoughts. Hey, Heather, we're excited to have you on today to kind of talk about your change this year um, in homeschooling your kids instead of sending them to public school. So um, if you would kind of first start off with what, like what spurred you to that decision today or this year, because I think that you said you did that in October. So that's kind of mid-semester, at least where I live. Yeah, it is mid-semester where... I live too. So in California, we start school in like August. Um, starting last year when we closed in March, um, like the rest of the world, I started thinking about homeschool almost immediately. Uh, a lot of even my like-minded friends were like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. Like, we'll go back. It'll be fine. Um, but something just told me that I needed to look into other options. And our district in particular actually closed for five weeks without any distance learning, zero communication as to what their plan was going to be. And um, I was really feeling pulled to look for other options. And then it seemed like um, the rules and the restrictions that they were going to be implementing, um, I just wasn't wanting to subject my kids to some of that. Um, and then I started looking into other options. I started calling around to homeschool friends that I had. Um, and we didn't start in homeschooling at the very beginning of the year because in California, I had actually applied, sorry, I feel like I'm jumping all around. I had applied for some charter homeschools back in April of last year. And our governor actually cut all the funding to those. Um, So that's homeschooling Mm. through charters Mm. when it's state funded. So you get funds to buy your curriculum Mm -hmm. and all of that. So it seemed like, oh, this is a good option um, because I didn't really know anything else. Uh, The governor cut funding. So we were told by the multiple charters that I applied for that they were not going to be accepting any new students. That was in June. They made that decision. 
That's really, it's really interesting, Heather, actually, how much what's happened in California mirrors what's happening in BC, Canada, because we also had a huge funding cut to, I guess we'd call it chartered, but we, we actually call it enrolled. So the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the difference here is you're either a registered homeschooler and you just totally do your own thing. Um, or you can be enrolled and you get some of that funding to help pay for curriculum and everything. But also last year during COVID, they did a 21% cut to the funding that we got as well as enrolled homeschoolers. So just kind of interesting, the timing on all of that, both here and there. It is very interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely uh, by design. So in California, Uh I think it was over... 30% because, I mean, you could imagine the interest in homeschooling with everything going on. Exactly. That they're not wanting us to have options. Yeah. The exact same thing happened here. Like this, the homeschool schools, (laughs) they filled up and they had wait lists of like hundreds of kids, possibly even more when you add all the schools together. But at the same time, there were these huge funding cuts. So it was just really interesting. Yeah, and it could definitely discourage you if you were thinking that that was the only option Mm -hmm. or feel Mm -hmm. fearful to just like go rogue out Mm -hmm. on your own. Yeah. Um, So, which is what I decided to do. (laughs) So, like before before the uh, March shutdown, did you have any reservations about sending your kids to public school or? anything about what they were learning or was it just strictly that shutdown that gave you that like little spark, an idea? Um, I definitely felt, so in fifth and sixth grade, there were a few things that had happened with my older son who is now 13. He'll be going into eighth grade. Um, that just sort of shined light on, teachers, certain teachers, not all teachers, I won't say, but um, Mm -hmm. just certain things in the classroom with opinions um, being pushed and, um, you know, the political climate being brought up. And um, fortunately, I live in a pretty small town and uh, we really loved our elementary school. It was a very, very small, um, ideal ideal situation, excuse me. Um, But yes, because of my beliefs, um, I, there were a couple things and I, it would take, uh, yeah, it's a long story, one of them. So we won't go into that, <laughs> but um, there were just things that kind of popped up where I thought, okay, um, you know, I wasn't really comfortable with it, but never in a million years did I think I would homeschool. I thought, oh, maybe private school or, um, you know, I, yeah. I was going to say, Heather, it's really similar to my situation, I never, ever expected that I would be a homeschooler, never saw it in my future. And now here I am three years in going into our fourth year. And I don't know, for me, it's been really eye opening. It's opened my eyes to a new side of myself, a new side of my family. And it's helped me to look a little differently at society and culture at large. I don't know. What have you noticed since deciding to start homeschooling? I mean, I couldn't have, I can't agree with you more. I think you said it perfectly. I mean, there's so many aspects to it, whether it's what's going on now or just um, the social pressures that our kids face in public school, Mm -hmm. the labeling from teachers. You know, I have a 
son who has struggled at times academically and um, the labels and sort of the relationship that he had with his teachers would kind of creep into your household to where Mm -hmm. you're asking, oh, how did you do in school today? Which, okay, that's a normal question. Yes. But like Mm -hmm. the, like the clip down chart system, I mean, we all have versions of that with our kids in elementary school, but um, once those labels are applied to your kids by other people, by these teachers, you know, it really carries Mm -hmm. with them all throughout school. So, I mean, I think my only regret with homeschooling, homeschooling is that I didn't do it sooner (laughs) because, um, there are things now looking back where I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, all public school, they work at the rate of either, uh, the fastest or the slowest. So, you know, it's, if your kid kind of falls somewhere in the middle, they're not really getting, um, they might not be getting what, what they need. So, Mm -hmm. uh, homeschooling is pretty amazing in that you get to work at the pace of, your child and you're there to love and encourage them. And, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. How would you say that it's affected your kids? Because I think a lot of parents and this, I'm not saying homeschooling's for everybody. I just wanted mm-hmm. people to hear what you have done for your family because you had that inkling inside of you that it was right for you guys. And I think some parents do, but they aren't willing to take that step because it is a big change and it's not the norm. But I think one thing parents say sometimes is, you know, my kids will miss their friends or, you know, have a feeling that they maybe should be sending their kids to public school for the social um, aspect. And so I want to hear how your kids are doing and how you're keeping up with things like that outside of the public school system. So it's definitely not easy. And I have been a single mom. I've been a working mom who commuted hours to work every week. Um, My situation is different now where I work from home. So yes, I just want to comment on that. What you spoke at the beginning was like, I'm not saying, oh, every single person can can do this. Um, But Mm -hmm. I do believe that more families could even, you know, I'm a work from Mm -hmm. home mom. So um, there are options, there are ways to work around it. Now, as far as the social aspect goes, I feel like our generation especially has a lot of stigmas around homeschooling. I mean, Mm -hmm. no offense to the sister wives out there, but that's sort of how I, (laughs) how I pictured it when I was a kid. It was like the radical fringe, you know, people homeschooled their kids or hermits or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. No, especially (laughs) now. um, If you think about school, like public school is the place for your kids for their social time. I mean, the world that we live in now, that is now removed from school. So, and Mm -hmm. um, in California, and I'm assuming probably other places too, there's actually punishments that are handed out now for breaking social distancing rules or um, pulling down your mask to talk to your friends and so on. So if the social aspect of public school is removed, then you know, we're sending them to like, that's kind of seems like a scary, creepy place to go to, right? So Mm. my kids feel like they're, they're very happy. They, they understand our reasons why. And I personally feel, and and they do too, like they have better friendships, more authentic friendships, and they have more social interaction than they ever did before because there's a lot of freedom with homeschooling. And that's not to say Mm -hmm. it's like a party every day or at the park or whatever. But if we wanted to 
go to the beach um, and interact with our friends, you know, on a random day, they're doing that. We're not just sitting at home. Um, yeah. I didn't say that as eloquently as I would have liked to, but that's makes sense. It, yeah. It's good. I think you said it more eloquently than you think you did. And you really got okay. your point across. I thought the same thing. Like that was a huge thing that kept me from homeschooling was I honestly thought like, well, I'm not like the people that homeschool. But the problem was mm-hmm. I just didn't know the people that were homeschooling. Yes. Um, yeah. And the freedom aspect and the socialization aspect. And I mean, whenever I tell someone that we homeschool, they're like, oh, so do you try to like get your kids out and about and socializing? And I was just like, yes. Yeah. No, I don't have to try. It just, it just happens. Like we live (laughs) in the world. I promise you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yesterday we went to the beach with four other moms and there were 20 plus kids there. Not, we didn't all individually, like we didn't, you know, there were other people's kids that friends brought with them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was Mm -hmm. like, just amazing. So, and they all get to interact with um, different age groups and, and things like that as well. So mm-hmm. there's nothing so, missing socially. I will say that it is work for the parents though. It's not like your friends mm-hmm. or your kids are just going to go outside and search for people to hang out with. I mean, we have to put the effort in to make mm-hmm. it happen. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is interested in homeschooling, if this year somebody had these same feelings, because I know so many parents that feel exactly like you do, like I did, you know, this year with um, the way things were going in school for kids, what would you suggest be their first step in looking into homeschooling um, and how would you encourage them to take that leap and get started? Um, the first step is you can go, I mean, it's to call someone. If you, if you know somebody that's homeschooling, just call them and kind of start asking them some of those questions. That's what I did. I felt like it helped sort of guide me into what some of my options were. Um, as far as like the legal aspect of it, you can go on to hslda.org here and that kind of gives you state by state breakdown and guidelines um, as far as the rules. Um, There are different options. You don't have to go through the charter. Uh, We actually homeschool through a PSP, which is a private school uh, satellite program. So they like submit all of our info um, to the government for us. So there are a lot of options and that's a good place to start because it can be pretty overwhelming with like curriculum choices and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, we all have social media now, so you can always just be that person that puts it out there. Hey, does anybody homeschool near me? And that, that's how I would start. That's good. That's That's helpful. Um, I think, yeah, I think that that's one thing is just looking for people in your area too. Cause like Cecily said, she just didn't know the people that were homeschooling. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's probably a lot more people in right. your area than you even think. We joined our PSP and I didn't even know that I had like multiple friends that were in this already. I mean, not like close friends, but they were like acquaintances through Instagram and through our businesses. Um, and so, and now I've like, converted a bunch of my girlfriends that are local to me. I'm like, okay, come on, we're doing this. So <laughs> I like that converted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Heather does really, I don't even know what your whole home business is, but she does really pretty like art designs and things. Like at Christmas, she had ornaments for sale and they were really pretty. So anyway, just a little plug for that. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What is your name on Instagram, Heather, for people? I think it's Brown and Co. It's Brown and Co. Designs. Um, I started as like a calligrapher, but it sort of breached into other area. So I do like graphic design and things like that also. Mm. And then I talk about, you know, homeschool and mask mandates in my state and all kinds. I just post whatever I want. So that's, yeah. Well, are you, are you doing a homeschool group right now? Like to help people get started or is, did I yeah, see you so, post that? Yeah. With another mom down the street, she's actually homeschooled yeah. her kids. Um, always. And she's going to have a senior in high school this year. So we kind of gathered a panel of like different, um, levels of experience, um, age group, as far as like their children, um, some working moms and so on. So we gathered like a panel of moms to just encourage, um, to, so we're going to host a mom's night of encouragement because our governor just announced, um, that his plan to, reopen includes masking um k through 12 all next year so because you know science so not surprising (laughs) yeah Yeah. well when you guys go ahead when you guys were talking about you know the the funding being pulled from the what what do you guys call it the uh charter schools yeah charter charter Mm -hmm. um it's interesting. I think all states, there's some things going on to discourage options in schooling. Mm-hmm. So our state, they're trying to, our kids go to a private school, a really small private school, and uh, they are trying to uh, allow the health department to have reign over private schools now. And the mm-hmm. state to have say within private schools, you know, the state does not fund it all. The teacher's union which is an arm of the, you know, one political party is yes. pushing for this. And it's just really, really frustrating because they don't fund us at all. And so they're mm-hmm. trying to take away, you know, discourage that option for people. And it's just, I really hope that parents understand that that's happening not to protect your kids. It's happening because the state wants your kids' minds. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to send your kids to public school whatsoever, but we need to make sure we know what they're learning there because with when anybody's pushing that hard to have control of your kid's mind, there's a reason, you know? Yeah, yes. Rita, I think you touched on something so important there. It's not wrong to send your kids to public school. I have friends and family that send their kids – lots of friends and family that send their kids to public school. But the thing is you just need to be aware of what they're teaching and you need to be parenting really hard. Um But I mean, we always have to parent really hard regardless. But that's just something I noticed when I pulled my kids from school. I realized I had no idea for the most part what they were learning. I found it really hard to be involved. And now with homeschooling, I'm involved by default. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it, it made me sad to look back and realize how little I knew of what was going on and what they were learning. So it's really important to know what they're learning. Yes, for sure. Um, the information is out there now. I mean, it's, and that's the one kind of blessing in all of this craziness of the last year is that so much light has been, you know, shined on all like 
the things that are going on from curriculum to, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it's all tied in together, but um, there's absolutely no more excuses. You know, it, it is scary. I mean, there's been some curriculum just in my local county that's been implemented and I'm pretty familiar with it. But as I'm speaking out about it, people have no idea that, um, and they, they mm-hmm. do that. That's also intentional. You know, they don't want mm-hmm. the parents to know what is going on. Um inside the classrooms. So yeah. Um, yeah. And I would just say also like Rita, you had said they want the minds of our kids. And I would mm-hmm. agree. But I would say that for the majority of the people that are pushing these things, they don't even do it out of malicious intent. They actually believe that they're doing good things for mm-hmm. the majority of the population. So I think it's just important to remember that there is just maybe behind a lot of this stuff, there's really good intentions, but that doesn't make it right for your family. And that's where as parents, we have to be discerning. And I mean, on the homeschool point, I think I was, I had written down, like, we all have to decide what our line in the sand is, because they keep moving the goalpost, you should not Mm. be moving yours, you need to decide now where your line is, and just stop being complicit in the abuse mm-hmm. of your children, because I know I know abuse is like a a very serious word, but that's what's going on. So masking your children, and then some of the curriculum. Um, I know in California, I mean, I could go on and on. That would be a whole conversation for another day. But um, it's not putting your kids in a bubble to want to protect them from some of these mm-hmm. things. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my encouragement. What is your line in the sand? <laughs> that's good. Yep, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. It, it boils down to what we always talk about, values, and knowing your values, being rooted in them, and not just being malleable mm-hmm. to what society thinks is the right thing for you. So anyway, mm-hmm. Heather, thank you so much for sharing with us. I hope this encourages some moms or if dads, I don't know if any dads listen to this, <laughs> but you know, some parents out there. And uh, I would be know. curious, honestly, if there's men listening, please let us know. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've never thought of that before. I've just kind of always assumed we're talking to women. But yeah, I if know. there's men out there, send us a message. Let us know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank All you, right. Heather. Oh, yes. of course. I'm totally honored. I just, yeah, I hope more that's people do homeschool. I think that's the first real step in fighting back because like Rita said, I mean, they, they do want the minds of our children and this is the best way to take a stand. If you're able to do it, go for it. Yeah. And while we still can, because funding cuts is only the beginning. Well, and I say, while we still can, we can always do what we want, but I, I would not be surprised if in the future there's steps taken towards making homeschooling even more of a difficult option to choose or maybe not an option at all. So I think it's important. If you join HSLDA, they do um, send out emails on like everything that's going on as far as like um, legislation that's coming Mm -hmm. out um, Mm -hmm. to keep us informed so you can get involved because yeah, Mm -hmm. they keep us informed on what we can do to prevent that from happening, having our parental rights taken away. Good. Yeah. Being informed is always so important. Okay. Thanks again, Heather. And if you guys want to find her, she is at Brown and Co Designs on Instagram, right? Did I get that right? Yep. You got it. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks, ladies.
Okay, bye. Okay, bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to our interview with Heather. If you want to find her on Instagram, her handle is Brown and Co Designs. And she's been talking a lot about homeschooling lately on her on her uh, Instagram page. So if you have that on your radar at all, I'm sure she'd be happy to let you pick her brain. So thank you guys for listening today. We appreciate it and hope you got a lot out of this episode. You can find me, Rita, at RitaRogersCo.com or RitaRogersCo on Instagram. And you can find me, Cecily, on Instagram at cecily.dickey or on my blog, thegracetogrow.com. 